Hello, and welcome to part two of The Gooeys. I'm Matt, and we're going to be going over the rest of our awards for 2022, the games of our year. I'm joined by Santo. How you doing? And Alex. Hey, guys. And, yeah. Uh, first up, I believe we are going over our most anticipated games of 2023. Yes. Took a break between the first episode and this one for some uh, dinner, so you can just have like the mental image in your head of that like classic like office trope of the people working overtime with the box of the Chinese food. Uh, I can go first with my most anticipated games. This is uh, we kept this to uh, most anticipated for 2023, I think, including games that don't have a defined release date but are expected to come out in 2023, at least according to a few lists that we looked at, which I don't know why they're confident on that but okay uh, some of these yeah some of the ones that i saw i was kind of like oh yeah i forgot about that because it's been delayed for three years yeah <laughs> all right so um i've got a few here some of them i anticipate isn't necessarily the right word i would use for them maybe like cautiously optimistic um one of them is metal slug tactics it's oh, apparently yeah. supposed to come out this year i'm a big tactics fiend and a tactics game that utilizes that kind of, you know, arcade, arcade era SNK sprite work sounds like a winner if they can get the mechanics right. Yeah, well, and that's the other thing about Metal Slug. When I think Metal Slug, what I really think that's most distinct is this ability to switch between being on foot and in a tank. That's really cool. Not a lot of platformers have vehicles or, or side-scrolling shooters, I guess have vehicles is yeah um like that's pretty unique to metal slug i don't know how like i mean is that going to be in the tactics game i don't know it, you could do something like that yeah could be cool are you gonna die know. in one hit in the tactics game <laughs> <laughs> i have to keep putting in court have to install a, a usb quarter uh attachment to your pc just keep popping them in that would be an extraordinarily silly peripheral yeah that someone should make they're going to have limited lives available in the game, and you have to like spend money on Steam to get more. Oh, God. <laughs> Implement arcade games on Steam properly. Uh, the, so the other start, game... Start, uh, yep. start selling those Steam trading cards to uh, get some extra lives. <laughs> That's right. Uh, other anticipated game. Um, this one is another... This one is the one that I'm like kind of iffy on how it'll work, but it's uh, Theater Rhythm Final Bar Line. Theater Rhythm is the line of Final Fantasy Rhythm games. Uh, there were two released on the 3DS. Naturally, those used a touchscreen. Uh, this game is being released on the Switch. I don't know how this is going to work. And the Switch is a touchscreen. The Switch is way heavier than a 3DS. <laughs> so I don't know if like that'll be comfortable to play on the touchscreen at all. Also, does that mean does that mean that it's only for use in portable mode? If it needed the touchscreen? They, they, there have been games that exclusively use the touchscreen released on Switch. Most of them have been rhythm games. Hmm. So, like, I don't see that as being a problem. But if, A, I don't even know if it'll use the touchscreen. And B, if it doesn't, and it's just, like, you know, regular controls for a rhythm game, I'm probably not going to be that into that. But it's Final Fantasy music, so I'm probably going to get it anyways and try it out. Uh, but, I mean, like, the... The Theater of the Curtain Call is one of my favorite games, so we'll, we'll see, we'll see. Because, you know, it has this, like, cool mechanic of building a team and, like, giving them abilities for use in playing your rhythm game. So, like, healers make it so that you, uh, 
like take less damage when you fail uh, to hit a note or hit an incorrect note. And then you get like little items for beating monsters throughout the song. So got to balance out like, okay, am I good enough that I don't want any healing, that I just want pure offense? Or if this is a hard song, maybe I put a healer on my team to get through it. Can you use a phoenix down if you fail the song to keep yes. going? <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> uh, another one that I'm looking forward to uh, is uh, Suikoden 1 and 2 HD Remaster Gate Rune and Dunan Unification Wars. It's a bit of a mouthful. <laughs> what type of game? Suikoden is a JRPG. Okay. Uh, it is uh, a pretty dope series that I'm surprised that it's actually being remastered because it kind of like came and went uh, around like the PS1, PS2 era. I think there was a DS game, but I didn't play that. Uh, I've only played the first one. I loved it. Uh, as a kid. Um, the second one's supposed to be the best in the series. And Suikoden's little, like, kind of gimmick is that there are 108 characters to get. Most, a lot of which you can use in your party. And you you have, a, like, a six, a squad of six in your party at all times. So there's an emphasis on characters that, like, know each other or might work well together, having, like, team-up attacks and stuff like that. As well as building up like a central base over time recruiting these like utility characters to add more functionality gotta recruit them all listen if you want <laughs> if you want an elevator in your in your castle you gotta find the guy that can make an elevator in, in medieval fantasy time yep <laughs> all right it's a magic elevator yeah so i i'm looking forward to uh trying out the suikoden 2 because it's supposed to be really good and the last one which is probably my most anticipated uh, would be Octopath Traveler 2. Uh, I'm really looking mm -hmm. forward to uh, a new one yeah. coming out. It that's, looks That's pretty soon too, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, it looks like it's probably going to be this, mostly the same game. It has the same exact classes if I <laughs> saw the trailer properly. Yeah, it looks like it does. Yeah. So I'm hoping that they will improve on uh, the things that I felt Octopath Traveler lacked, which is mainly Octopath Traveler was a game where you had eight different characters with eight unique stories that you kind of tackle in whatever order you wanted to. But because of that, including like, you know, being able to recruit characters in any order, the characters didn't really interact at all. Yeah. So it didn't really make sense that you had this party of characters that each had, but it just felt like eight individual stories. There were little like skits that might happen if you had the right couple characters in a specific section of the plot. But there weren't enough of those. Like some, sometimes I went through an entire piece of one character story without having any of those pop up, for example. So I hope they expand on trying to make the characters interact more because the battle system is really good. The art styles uh, and the diorama style of the yeah. areas is very, very striking. Those games, triangle strategy include, look, look beautiful. Until you rotate them. Uh, but uh, <laughs> yeah, so those are, those are my most anticipated games. All right. Um... My most anticipated are Street Fighter VI. Yeah, had a yeah, feeling that was going to be one. Yeah, expected that. Um, I got to play a little, little bit of the uh, second beta. Yeah, before we went on a fucking plane yeah, <laughs> for the weekend. Because the beta came out at midnight. We had a flight at 10 in the morning. So I got two sets in as can against uh, two different jury players. <laughs> um, but no, feels great. I'm really looking forward to that. And I'm hoping they do another... Uh, beta here soon so i can actually get some proper time on it my next anticipated game is lies of p 
um, which is a it, it's unapologetically a bloodborne oh boy knockoff um, Victorian era except instead of fighting like werewolves and and, and like Eldritors, you're fighting uh, steampunk automatons. Okay. Um, so the P in Lies of P is the pl- the player character who is Pinocchio. Uh, you unsold me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I okay. You know, just short dis- short digression. I saw uh, the recently released uh, Pinocchio from Guillermo del Toro. Oh God, really? Yeah, I actually like... He liked, made a Pinocchio? Yeah, yeah, That's he made really a Pinocchio funny. movie. It's actually pretty good. I liked it a lot. Um, honorary movie of my year, 2022, I guess. Um, but actually surprisingly dark, to be honest. Like, yeah. way darker than I expected. I mean, it's Guillermo del Toro, del Toro, so I guess I shouldn't be that surprised. But I am blown away by just how many Pinocchio movies there have been. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. I, I, like, his Pinocchio is, like, the 25th Pinocchio movie. Yep. <laughs> like, what? I didn't realize there were that many. That's and the power of public domain. And the other the other funny thing is that, uh, yeah, I saw this, you know, when we were at April's parents for Christmas, and um, her mom was, like, got confused because there was another Pinocchio movie released this year. Oh, my um, God. There were two Pinocchio movies this year. The other one was bad, though, apparently. Um, it had, like, Tom Hanks or something. I don't know. Huh. Okay. But it, it had, like, 23% both critic and audience Ooh, on Rotten Tomatoes. Both? Ooh, that's, which that's is a bad, bad sign. <laughs> this is what happens when something enters the public domain. Yeah, you get... <laughs> yeah, you get good, super weird, dark Pinocchio and mediocre Pinocchio. I'm looking forward to this dark souls-like take on uh, Pinocchio. Dark souls-like <laughs> Pinocchio. Here All we right. go. So have a morality meter. You keep lying. You get your nose bigger, and then you can start smacking people with it. It's a hidden weapon. Yeah, the nose is the morality meter. <laughs> um, and the last game I'm really anticipating is um, from a company that had a surprising bounce back after going bankrupt, and everyone thought it was dead forever um the expanse a telltale series <laughs> oh wow telltale is making something again um I thought, yeah i thought they were just like totally dead yeah um but i am a huge mark for the expanse it is one of my favorite all-time shows and i am actually in the process of just finishing up the la- the the first book i have about 40 minutes left to read in it and it's a shame the show got cut off after season six because there were still three books worth of uh, stuff mm. to adapt. But reading the first book, there's enough differences that like, like, I mean, I'm enjoying just reading it, but then just seeing what was changed for the show adaptation. And yeah, I'm, I'm just a huge mark for the series. And I, I'm really looking forward to, uh, to this. Um, Cause I, I played some, um, some Telltale games, mostly, uh, like, I played some of the, the first two seasons of The Walking Dead, and then I kind of just got tired of zombies and The Walking Dead in general, so I didn't mm. play the rest. Um, I hear the Borderlands one is really good. Yeah, I feel like a lot of them, like, have their fans. Like, The Wolf Among Us, some people like that a lot. I, I played the first uh, one, it was good. That That's actually another one that's they're doing, is the second one. They're they're mm. finally doing a sequel to that one too, but uh, uh, and then the Game of Thrones one 
just ended open, like continue with the uh, expectation of a continuation and then nothing. Yeah. Well, um, you know. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, I absolutely love The Expanse and it seems like the Telltale game is going to be following around uh, a great character from the series, uh, Kamina Drummer. So I'm really looking forward to that. And I may try and drag Sean into uh, a, uh, a Let's Play of it. Nice. Because <laughs> he's all... The way he's experienced The Expanse is so weird to me. Yeah. Rather than watch the show or read the books, he read the wiki. Wow. <laughs> well, The Expanse is interesting because if I'm thinking of the same property, it's actually like a communal open source universe. No. That must be a different thing then. Yeah. I for- You've brought that up before. but it's not I thought the it was Expanse. The Expanse. Maybe it's a different, yeah. must be a different property. But there's like a, yeah, it's like some, it's this weird like, yeah, open source literary project that then has had a TV show based off of it as well as some other properties, I think. So The Expanse did actually start out in the planning stages as an MMO, but then they realized how expensive making an MMO can be, and they didn't want to just lose all the world building they'd planned, so they wrote the books. Mm -hmm. MMO to book. Yep. (laughs) That's not the path I normally expect, that's for sure. So, uh, yeah... I guess that's it for yours? Yep. Yeah, cool. So I was actually, you know, after looking at some of the upcoming stuff, I was actually surprised just how much stuff I'm I'm kind of interested in this year. I'm going to start with the stuff I'm least anticipating or, or maybe like I want to see, but I don't know. And that that is the Prince of Persia, the Sands of Time remake. Oh, okay. Yeah. And yeah. I kind of forgot about this because it was, they, they showed a, they showed a trailer for it in like 2020 or something and people did not like the trailer the uh trailer did not look very good and it really felt like it lacked character um in in fact like the voice acting was particularly what i felt was the worst in the trailer because i thought the voice acting in the sands of time was really good and in the trailer it, all the characters felt kind of flat even though they got the same voice actors for some of the characters so hmm. Also, Bad voice direction, maybe? Yeah, I don't know. But uh. <laughs> um, visually, it looks like two generations old. And then, you know, at the time, which was already two years ago now. <laughs> um, and I, I know I've kind of heard there's like these rumors in the gaming media that after that happened, because uh, it's being developed by an Indian branch of Ubisoft, which has not actually developed any major releases before. And... It sounds like it was a bit of a shit show and uh, they may have like fired a bunch of people and replaced them all and then delayed the game for several years. But apparently it's slated for 2023 now, according to their investor relations documents. So I love The Sands of Time. I think it's 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 one of my all time favorite sort of like 3D action games. But the trailer did not excite me. So we'll say cautious optimism. I'm hoping that the delay has been able to give them time to really polish the game but i don't know i wasn't yeah yeah they watched the trailer and was like no that's not quite right let me (laughs) let me start this again (laughs) yeah pretty much um there's not a lot of games where yeah like it's like ah yes the diegetic retry (laughs) um 
Yeah, um, I'll just knock off a couple. Uh, two Nintendo games, uh, Advance Wars and Pikmin 4. Both <laughs> of them I could be excited about, although I know almost nothing about either of them. And, you know, Pik- Pikmin has uh, been in development for like seven years now, Pikmin 4. I love the Pikmin games, but uh, I'm going to be honest, the Pikmin games have always been sort of like slow to release. Like there was a pretty big gap between Pikmin 2 and 3 as well. So mm-hmm. that's just how the series goes. I suppose. And then, yeah, Advance Wars uh, 1 and 2 Reboot Camp. I mean, I don't know if it's so much that I'm excited about it. It's so much as I just want to see more new Advance Wars games. And so it's the obligatory, we have to buy it because we want to... <sighs> yeah. Testing, <laughs> testing the waters by remastering old games. Yeah, I don't know. Making it look way worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, and then yeah, Hades 2. Hades 2. I'm definitely excited, but I don't know. I'm kind of with Matt here where I want to play it once it's a full full release. Right. I don't want to go in too early. Whether that's going to be next year, this year or not, I I don't even know. It definitely seems like they've been developing it a lot faster than the first one, which makes sense because it looks like largely the same engine. If it does enter full release this year, it will probably be late in the year. Yeah. But I'm, I'm suspecting more 2024. Could be. I'm definitely looking forward to that, though. Um, and then, yeah, actually, one game, and this game, honestly, I only heard about this game maybe a month ago, but uh, Atomic Heart. Oh, God. Oh, uh, this one. And... I've only seen the trailer for this game. I have no clue what this game is about. The trailer... The trailer's awesome, though. Other than... European. That's all I know about the game. <laughs> I, this game looks like if you took like the aesthetic of Bioshock and Fallout and made it very Russian, <laughs> and then also made it a like more shoot more of a more of a shooter instead of like it looks a lot faster paced too. Which was my biggest problem with both of those games is that they're actually fairly slow paced and it, they they're they're it's a bit of a slog. It's been a while since I last saw a trailer for this. Is it like uh, like Doom speed in terms of combat? Uh, I wouldn't say it's quite Doom speed, but it's definitely more like standard shooter speed instead of something like Bioshock, which is slow and lumbering. Mm-hmm. But it totally has the like, oh yeah, like you've got an arm that has ice powers and uh, fire powers. Oh, and plasmids. It, yeah, it has those. But does it have bee powers? I don't oh. think it has. I mean, the trailer doesn't show bees. Yeah. So... You gotta, you gotta, you gotta keep something, you know, secret. Yeah, you gotta keep something up that... Up that... Up, their, plasmid, up your sleeve. Up your plasmid. So yeah. <laughs> um, but the game actually looks pretty cool, I, I think. But, I mean, at this point, it's basically just like, yeah, the trailers look really cool. And part of me is like, oh yeah, this could do like what I thought Bioshock failed to do, which is cool arm powers in a game that I actually like. Uh, And then, you know, the big kahuna, uh, Homeworld 3, which is definitely my most anticipated game. And I'm I'm not going to lie, I haven't really been paying as much attention to uh, how Homeworld 3 was shaping up, but I'm actually really, really excited about it now because it looks like it's going to be like a much bigger change than any of the previous uh, installments because they're introducing terrain in 3D, Uh. like 3D environmental terrain. So like the concept largely seems to be two things. One of them is like alien megastructures 
And so it's still space combat in 3D, but now they're, they're, it's happening inside like these hulking derelict mega structures. And that gives you cover mechanics and like line of sight mechanics in a totally different way that the series has not had before, which actually sounds pretty cool. There was also some stuff in the trailer that appeared as if it was showing like stuff in like low planetary orbit where like strike craft were actually like in the atmosphere. Uh, it's hard to say if that was just some flair for the trailer or if they're going to have some sort of mechanics. Maybe the mission, some missions might be like, you know, atmospheric entry mm-hmm. that maybe like doesn't have capital ships and is like strike craft only or something because obviously a massive mothership shouldn't be able to land. Yeah. But I don't know. Um, so that's that's kind of interesting. Oh, yeah. And then they have they, they're going to have trench runs, apparently. Oh, great. <laughs> so they, like... You can have your small fighter ships go into the trench as cover. Uh, oh, but will they have a yes song for the credits? I don't know if they will. Probably not. Probably, <laughs> probably not. And then another part that I, I'm, I don't know how I feel about is that apparently they're going to have a special multiplayer mode that is a roguelike mo- a ro- a roguelite mode where you... Of course they will. You have like, you know like semi-randomized challenge missions and then you complete them and get upgrades that persist in your for across challenge missions or something so i'm like okay like that that could be good if it's well executed that said they have like the they have a bunch of people from the original like team Mm -hmm. uh from old school relic that then went on to blackbird interactive so They've got a lot of the people that have like made those games great in the past. So I am optimistic about this game. Like I would not say any of the Homeworld games are really bad. Like they're actually mostly pretty good. Uh, this one has been kind of seemingly in development hell for a while, but Homeworld 2 kind of was well, that was not the same. No, Homeworld 2 wasn't really that bad in comparison. But it wasn't bad, but not as good as one. I, story-wise, I prefer. I think. I think one has the best story. Now, Homeworld Two is strictly like it's. It's basically strictly better mechanically. Okay. Um, but the story in Homeworld One is just. I thought was just better. Uh, and then there's like Homeworld Cataclysm, the weird spinoff game that was sort of like. It was. It was. It was. It was fine. It was just fine. Yeah. Anyway, I'm looking forward to Homeworld Three, and I think I mentioned on the last episode. That I'm actually, I want to play Homeworld and Homeworld 2 again to really like kind of refresh myself on the story because they're kind of continuing the larger story arc of the main games mm-hmm. as if like the two spinoff games are that much of a story. <laughs> uh, but yeah, those are the one, those are the games I'm most looking forward to in 2023. All right. Now, who is looking forward to a certain game the most out of us? Which one's going to win the most anticipated game? No, we're not doing that. <laughs> mm, maybe a Street Fighter 6. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's probably Street Fighter 6, if only because uh, Matt was looking forward to it a lot more for a lot longer. <laughs> uh, the rest of us were kind of like, oh, yeah, let's look at this list. And like, oh, shit, yeah, that's coming out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, like, I actually I knew about Prince of Persia remake, and I, I forgot that it even existed because it's been delayed so long. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Actually, there is one other I'm looking forward to. I just need to. 
doesn't have to be a comprehensive list. There was actually another game I forgot, okay. which was uh, For the King 2. I really liked For the King. I thought it was a cool, a neat little game. And uh, yeah, there's very little known about the second one at this point, I would say. <laughs> they released basically a preview trailer that just shows like the combat system has a grid now. That's oh, shit. the only difference I'm aware of. That is potentially a large difference. But it seems like the, there's like anime, the enemy grid and the player grid. So I guess it's kind of like forward and backward. I, I don't know. Maybe there's... Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea how it works because there's very little released about the game. But also, the, the graphics are a bit more... They're a bit less low poly and more just like simplistic. And I actually don't know how I feel, how I feel about that. I, I, I think I like the like super low poly aesthetic better than what I've seen so far, but it's also super early and it might change a bit. So who knows? Mm-hmm. And that your last one? Uh, Star Trek Resurgence. Ooh. Which, like The Expanse, is also a uh, choose-your-own-adventure game. Um, but this one, I believe... I, I was reading an article last year. Apparently a little, like, a review snippet went out to some, uh, like, publishers... Um, and that got to try it. And the thing that kind of hooked or had me looking forward to this is I saw someone saying that it feels the most like it feels like a TNG era game. And so it's full of moral quandaries. Yes. <laughs> so I'm, I'm actually kind of looking forward to that as well. Cool. Speaking of cool. Our next category is coolest looking game. I think last year this category was called coolest art, but you know maybe maybe we're looking maybe a game looks really cool but doesn't have art, like Old Dwarf Fortress. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that game looked pretty cool but arguably did not have art. <laughs> That's a fair point. So I I guess I'll start us off here. All right, my nominee for coolest looking game when you can actually see it because it's a dark game <laughs> is alien isolation oh um it really nails the look of the movies and the uh retro futurism of it like i just i i love uh when futuristic stuff has that look you've got like your crt monitors that are only black and green <laughs> <laughs> and just like bunch of daubs and nile or Dobbs and Niles. Dobbs and Niles. Yeah. I love Dobbs and Niles. That's my favorite. It sounds like is a buddy. Is that the, it yeah. sounds like a buddy cop duo. Yeah. Is that is that what uh, Niles Crane started doing after Fraser? Did he get a spin-off show from the spin-off show? Uh <laughs> yeah. No, I've watched you play a bit of the uh, Alien Isolation and yeah, just like just like the interfaces of like the control panels and stuff, just they look exquisite. They look perfect. Yep. The, like, the game looks like it came out of the era the movie was made in. With what they had available to them for making things look futuristic, which to us look at in this day and age look not very advanced. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Real physical buttons? So much better than touch screens. Yeah, yeah. They're releasing the Nokia, re-releasing the Nokia brick. 
bitch. <laughs> All right. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, so uh, my nominee for coolest looking game, uh, also a dark game, Dark Tide. Warhammer 40k, ah, bleh, Warhammer 40k, uh, Vermintide, basically. And yeah, we've been playing that a bit since it released, uh, I guess just like a month ago. And uh, yeah, it just nails, it nails the like 40k aesthetic, I'd say, as much as it shows. I, I, I have frustrations with that game, but I think aesthetically, the game basically nailed it. So yeah, like the the architecture in that game is second to none. Yeah, like they absolutely one thousand percent like I know you know the the word's been rinsed out at this point, but it it's grim dark. It is very grim dark. It's the most grim dark. Even some of the things that I don't like about the game are arguably like correct in a sense. <laughs> like the last gun's a piece of shit. Yeah, it's supposed to be. Yeah, the gunplay. I don't like the gunplay in that game very yeah. much at all. Yeah, I mean the thing is, like the. I only like just yesterday found a gun that I actually liked using and could shoot stuff at range with. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I I think as I've gotten like some better and different las guns, I've like I've kind of gotten more of a feel for it. But yeah, something something's not. See, the las gun, even when it hits hard, does not feel like it hits hard, but that's arguably what a laser gun should feel like, especially, canonically, the las gun, because it's kind of a piece... Like, it's it's an inaccurate piece of shit that absolutely destroys enemies, <laughs> which is exactly how it should feel. So, like, kudos in a way, but, yeah, it's kind of annoying sometimes. Listen, yesterday, I, got a, I, un I unlocked the bolter, or bolt gun or whatever. Yeah. That thing has a five-second reload time. It's huge, I mean, and it feels so bulky. It's I, got a kick. It kicks like a mule. I mean, ca canonically, the like, bolt they gun... they did a really good job at making this gun feel like the gun it should be. Yeah, like, canonically, the bolt gun is basically actually a, like, rapid-fire, like... Like, guide. It's like a rapid-fire <laughs> guided uh, missile launcher. Canonically, that's what it is. Funny thing is, actually, there are real rounds for grenade launchers that are that are guided. So real tech is actually catching up to the stupid fucking bullshit in 40k, oh God. which is like hilarious to me. Um, that's a whole nother conversation, but like Grimdark 40k is like weirdly prescient in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like Omnisaya, that's totally what, I mean, anyone following chat GPT, that shit's ridiculous. You, you can literally convince the the chat bot to like break its uh guardrails but it's difficult and it's tricky and forty thousand years from now all the tanks have like a built-in ai that you sort of have to like trick into like attacking enemies because all oh, there's like a bunch of safeguards so the tank doesn't blow your own troops up it make it, it actually kind of makes sense <laughs> anyway um but yeah i aesthetically dark tide's amazing some of the gameplay is kind of annoying at times and yeah it is what it is. I, it's, it's basically Left 4 Dead, but fundamentally I like Left 4 Dead better as a game. Yep. Same, and I'm not even the biggest fan of Left 4 Dead. Uh, are, there, are there any Warhammer games that you play as the Space Wolves? Uh, uh, Maybe. Depends how specific you are. Uh, if, you're just, if you just want like to play as Space Marines and have the Space Wolves colors, 
than any of the Dawn of War games. Yeah. I but want I the mean, actual wolves to be there. <laughs> unfortunately, there's no wolf units in yeah. at least Dawn of War 1. I haven't played two or three. I games. don't think they have wolf units. Yeah. That's a bit, a bit of a shame. Uh, they, they keep making games about the freaking Imperium and the Ultramarines. <laughs> yeah. Boring me with these character protagonist choices. But, um, so my game is also a very dark game. <laughs> uh, and I am. Um, dark year. I, I'm glad that we didn't discuss and really, like, nail down any kind of eligibility because the game I'm nominated is still in early access. <laughs> Okay. Uh, which is 20 Minutes Till Dawn. Ah. Mm, uh, yeah. I think that this is the coolest looking game I've played all year because um, the use of limited color palette works incredibly well for what they're doing. Because the game basically becomes bullet hell at some point, except you're the bullet yep. hell. Uh, so, and like all your bullets are like the same color and the enemies are their own color and enemy projectiles are, you know, a separate third color. Uh, but... It manages to look very clean, even when there's so much shit on the screen you can't properly pay attention to everything. You're still mostly able to just because of the limited color palette. And, you know, it's some pretty pretty solid pixel art as well. Uh, you know, the characters look pretty good. Uh, the environments are pretty basic, but they look pretty good too. Uh... And like character portraits, that's some good pixel art there too. Menu menu design as well. Like the menus in that game look really cool as too. And yeah, so it's fairly it's a fairly simple looking game, but I think that they they did the best aesthetic choice of any game I played this year. Yeah, and that's a good point too. Like it it is a very limited color palette, but I I think that that works to its favor. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at some of, especially in that genre that's become popular of, I guess, vampire survivors likes. I don't know what yeah. we're going to call that, but uh, it's it's easily the best looking one out of any of the ones I've I've seen. I would agree there, yeah. 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 And limited color palettes can go a long way. Cause I, I didn't play it myself, but I saw Maximus play a little bit of Other Side earlier this year. Yeah. And that game's just pure black, white, and red color palette looks great yeah yeah and that yeah i mean 20 minutes till dawn is is it's almost just black white and red but it's got some dark green in there it's got some subtle it's got (laughs) some really subtle blues and 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 greens but they're so subtle they might as well be black a lot of the time Mm -hmm. uh so it's it's definitely yeah it works to its favor really strongly uh the only complaint i have about the color palette in 20 minutes is that uh, your projectiles, if you take the grenade launcher, are the same color as any enemy projectiles. Because it can damage you too, unlike all the, your other yeah, weapon projectiles. Yeah, yeah, but if I'm if I've turned into a spinning a spinning whirlwind of grenades, launching like 120 grenades per second, which I have done, and it's hilarious. Uh, you ca- you cannot see the enemy projectiles at all. It's, it's I, I wish they were a slightly different color. Mm, okay. <laughs> like, make your grenades orange and the enemy projectiles red instead of them both being red or something. I don't know. But, although you could argue that that's all an intentional design choice because the grenade launcher is kind of OP. But I'm not even sure if it is. It's only OP in the first 10 minutes. In the second half... Yeah, I get to... Uh, once, once enemies begin to be able to survive a hit... 
it gets a yeah. bit dicier. Yeah, well, and it's just such a it's such a dangerous weapon to use. Yeah, you there are some upgrades you just can't take. Yeah, well, because <laughs> they're a hazard to yourself. Yeah, well, and even even. I'd say there's a lot of dangerous upgrades that you have to take if you want to actually get to 20 minutes with the grenade launcher. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. I, th I think that's the only weapon I still haven't won with at this point because I just keep blowing myself up. Okay, so which one of these dark-looking games are, are we going to pick? You know, I was watching some uh, video footage of the first Resistance Fall of Man the other day. I'm like, Jesus, this is the brownest looking game I've ever seen. <laughs> oh, and now we've entered just, into the, the era of dark. <laughs> good old uh, sepia filter. God, pretty much. <laughs> See, they may be dark, but at least they're not brown. Yeah. I, that, 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 that period of like, I guess, like 2010 ish where like all the major shooters were all just super brown <laughs> it was awful it wasn't great uh i you know i'm kind of i'm kind of leaning towards 20 minutes here yeah same uh all right um i'm fine with that <laughs> yeah i mean as much as i like i haven't seen enough of alien isolation when when you were streaming it matt i didn't want to watch it because i Felt like I might get scared too easy. So, <laughs> I get scared extremely easy when it comes to any kind of horror stuff. Like it, it makes me uneasy, and I don't like that. So I, the, I've between like just starting like like Alien Isolation is the first like actual horror game I fully played through, and, and that's that set the uh, the dominoes in motion. Yeah, I kind of I've kind of got a liking for horror games now. Um, well, he's like, got a brand new VR headset, so... Oh, God. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Oh, God. I, I think... Oh, man. I think... It, aren't, isn't, like, Amnesia in VR now, too? Oh, dear Lord. Probably. That's... Did, did, did RE7 ever escape PlayStation VR? That I don't know, but I know RE8 is getting a VR update. Mm. A free VR update, so I'm pretty nice. sure... Oh, there and there is Resident Evil Four VR on on Oculus. Oh, um, apparently that it's apparently it cuts some stuff from the game though. It's not the full game. Yeah, I I didn't even think about horror in VR when I got that. <laughs> horror in VR, yeah. I mean, I especially for anything from frictional games, I don't think I could handle it. Yeah, those games are fuck. They get me. I got spooked when a wall came at me and beat Saber. I don't think I could handle this. <laughs> Those games. Right. I, I, I've always been fine watching horror games, but then like actually jumping in and playing like and actually getting spooked by the Xenomorph and the adrenaline that comes with that, it's like, okay, yeah, I can, I can get into this. <laughs> Although eventually, like as you make... I found as I made it further into the game... Um, it kind of like wore off a bit hmm. and it's just like, I'm just like making my way through and it's just like when it comes up and it's just like, oh, this is just an inconvenience now. <laughs> but it, I mean, it was still a great experience, but wait, is Aliens Isolation in VR? Like Alien Isolation? I don't know. It's all, I was just looking it's up a list a of like ago. VR. I was yeah, just looking no, up it, a list of VR. It was, it was a 360 PS3 era release and oh man. It has a feature on Xbox that I really wish had been on PC when I was playing it because 
It's a great feature, but it's exclusive to the Connect. Yeah. And it's where the game takes the microphone from the Connect, and if it picks up on any noise, it'll actually attract the Xenomorph. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> oh, damn. But sadly, that oh, it's that, not on PC. They could totally PC. do that for PC, though. And that's I, fucked. I, I was even looking to see if anyone had modded it in, and... No luck, oh, sadly. Okay, so it looks like VR for Alien Isolation is actually a mod. Okay. But it is it is available. Okay. All right. Yeah, actually, for, for VR horror, I think Phasmophobia might be where it's at. That's actually a mm. multiplayer game, too, yeah. which is interesting. I, I, I do want to try that game. That might be something to look into. Okay, well. <laughs> All right, but uh, as far as coolest looking game go, uh, we're... We're going to be set on 20 minutes till dawn? Yep. I almost said 20 minutes till midnight. (laughs) My favorite Iron Man song. Uh, Uh, It's about three hours still. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So next, uh, we've got the the lo-fi... After all this horror game talk, now we've got the lo-fi war for games to chill and relax to. (laughs) And uh, my nomination is going to be Cats Organized Neatly. (laughs) Because that is a chill game. To relax to. That is a very chill game. It's just got, you know, chill music, chill cat meows, and it's just a nice little puzzle game until you get to a level where it's just like, God damn it, just fuck fit in the goddamn squares, you stupid cats. <laughs> you keep rotating them, trying to figure it out. And I, I, I'll be honest, I got stuck <laughs> partway through the game. I was just like, oh no. And didn't really... Got got frustrated and stopped playing, but don't let that dissuade you from organizing some cats neatly. So, yeah, I didn't realize it. It's funny jumping from like having Alien Isolation as my last nomination, moving into this category, going from like a horror nomination to chill to relax to. When my lo-fi award is for something based on a horror game. <laughs> what? Uh, okay. Uh, it, much like yours, it's also a puzzle game. It's Save Room. Ah. Which is oh. based on the <laughs> um, the Atache case from Resident Evil 4. <laughs> and just organizing that. And it's got. I'm ready for getting to Resident Evil 4 and using that <laughs> Atache case. <laughs> Man, it's... it's uh... I'm going to have to break the streak of uh, organization games here, I think. But I'm going to go... My lo-fi award for a game to chill and relax to is going to Shotgun King. And, I mean, in in in, in a way, like I guess it's more fast-paced than the other two, but it is a turn-based game. You can take as much time as you want. It, but it's got that... It's got, it's got some, like, chill music... It's got like a little, it's got a little scanline filter for the lo-fi. Oh, that's, mm. yeah. we're getting a good argument there. Yeah. But uh, also it's just, it's the kind of game that like, I feel like I can just be like, yeah, I need something quick. I, I, I just want to like, like, I think we were like waiting on someone to do some dark tide and I'm just yeah. like, all right, just Chuck and King. Yeah. It's going to chill out with this for a little bit. In fact, watching you play, it seemed like. When you weren't 
chilling out and relaxing, but you're trying to go too super fast, you kept making mistakes. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's like if you're yeah if you're not chill and relax, you just lose because you you go too fast and screw up. All right, I, you know, the scan line argument really swayed me. Yeah, here. I think I'm gonna I'm I, I'm putting my my vote in for shotgun king. Yep, same. Nice. Uh, oh, sorry, I, we need the the uh, subtitle as well. The final checkmate. The final, yeah, shotgun <laughs> king. The final checkmate. Bold that sucker. And how did I misspell? You know what? Screw you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting a Z in my organized. All right, now we're 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 dovetailing with categories pretty great because instead of relaxing and chilling, now we're gonna get into fighting for best fighting game. Now I'm just gonna get mine out of the way first. Because we decided on this category, but I had only played one fighting game this year that I haven't already played before. Uh, and that's uh, Final Fantasy Dissidia NT. And I'm nominating this to take it off because it's terrible. It's really <laughs> bad. So I'm just going to rant about how bad it is for a second, then okay, you guys okay. can go. Uh, because the original uh, Dissidia games were on PSP. And they're behind the back uh, like 3D fighters. Uh, that has a high emphasis on um, dodging. It has a really interesting mechanic where your weak hits don't actually damage the enemy. They build up a meter. Or I say a meter, but it's really just a number for how much your next heavy attack will do to the opponent. So a, a fair amount of uh, battles kind of end up being like you, or at least how I played the game, was like getting my hits in while I can, dodging while I can, and build, just building up my number as high as I can go. And when you hit the enemy, their number goes down. And then trying to one-shot them. Uh, because the heavy attacks are fairly difficult to hit, actually. Um, especially against some of the harder CPU opponents. So I think the game... The game... Let me put it this way. The game played extremely well when you somehow had access to play a PSP game with a controller. I don't know hmm. how you would be able to do that. Or what... How you would be able to emulate that playstyle, but uh, uh, like I, I thought the game played way better than I thought it was, and you know it has a bunch of great Final Fantasy fan service, so I love that. What they did for Final Fan for Dissidia NT is they made exclusively three on three fights instead of one on one, and now for a game where the emphasis is on dodging and like kind of building up and hitting these big attacks. And it only worked because you were able to lock onto your opponent. Having it be three on three is just a massive cluster that doesn't work mm. at all. I tried just a few fights against like fairly simple CPU opponents, and it just felt like trash. There was no flow to the combat whatsoever because I would just keep getting interrupted. I couldn't focus on one uh, enemy very well. Maybe this would be a bit better online with other players as your other people instead of CPUs. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Why. It sounds to me like maybe they saw the uh, the success of the Gundam Extreme versus arcade series and know. wanted to try and recapture that with Final Fantasy. <laughs> I mean, it's also a free version, and but I don't think they did. I don't know if they did a bunch of microtransactions too. I think it's just like a free version or you buy the full game and get a bunch of characters. So mm. I don't know. Like it doesn't feel like there's like, oh, no, you need three people on your team. So you obviously have to acquire more characters kind of thing going to it. So I'm, I'm not sure why they did it and why they didn't put in any 1v1 fights in it. 
Like, you could have had this as a mode. You didn't have to exclusively make the entire game like yeah. this. The only reason it's not the worst game I played this year is because at times when it was a one-on-one fight, where I was, like, the other two were fighting each other. It actually it's, felt good. It felt, yeah, it felt fine. <laughs> it felt like the older games. So that's the only reason why it's not <laughs> also going to be my worst, my biggest bummer. But it was just too much of a clusterfuck. Yeah, and it's just such a bad design decision, but whatever. Yeah. I'm used to that. Yeah. All right. Uh, my best fighting game. Uh, it takes two. <laughs> it has a fighting game segment. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> no, no, no. It's the best fighting game because you fight with your partner. <laughs> no, that's a that's that's a joke. No, I, I actually do have a best fighting game for okay, this year. I think okay. I know what it is. Um, and... It's, uh, it's called uh, Your Only Move is Hustle, or Yomi Hustle for short. Oh, Which, right. Yeah. And Which, so, do, do you actually know what? So, it, it was originally called Yomi Hustle. Yes. But there's a card based fighting game called Yomi, and apparently they uh, kind of went after them legally. To oh change Even though there's a bunch of games that use Yomi in the name. That's so dumb. Because it's also a fighting game in, in that same vein. I, that's probably why they went after it. So changing the name to an abbreviation of Yomi. Yeah. And then Hustle. <laughs> yeah. Is a great move. Yeah. That's and awesome. your that's only great. move is, is Hustle is... that That's a great name. Yeah. It's a, it is a great name. I, I didn't even realize that it was... Uh, a backronym that they came up with later. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, I, I, we haven't played this yet. We need to play this, man. Yeah, yeah, we need to play this together, yeah. like against each other. Um, I've played it a bit on my own, and it's, it's so it's essentially like, uh, if anyone remembers those old stick fight animations where there's like crazy characters and crazy stick fight stuff that that's kind of like the inspiration but then the thing is there have been ga- games fighting games that try to have that but the thing is you can only get so crazy uh if you have to do it in real time and so yomi hustle basically says okay let's do it frame by frame and so you actually pick your abilities uh frame by frame and then you know, an ability will last a certain number of frames as you're as you're using it, uh, and then after it's up, or after, if you get hit or something, then you get to like change what move you're attempting to do, and you can change like direction and all this stuff. It's actually it's very similar uh, in idea to an older 3D fighting game called Tori Bash. Oh god, Tori Bash. Tori Bash is really, really cool. Uh, you control each muscle and limb individually, basically, in a 3D character, but it's an absolute, like, the learning curve is very steep. Uh, it's really cool once you get get kind of more skilled at it, but when you first start playing, it, you struggle to stand up. Yeah, like think about think about co-op, except you have to punch somebody. <laughs> yeah, it's like three D co-op fighting game. Yeah, uh, frame by frame, essentially, which is it's cool. Um, Yomi Hustle has a similar thing though, where yeah, it's frame by frame. You choose different abilities. It's not like uh, controlling individual limbs though. It's just like you have a variety of moves. You have like man. Well, some characters have mana. I like the wizard personally, but there's like a there's like a ninja. For that classic like stick fight kind of uh, idea, but then they also have a, a, a wizard and a cowboy and a samurai or something like that. I think those are the characters. I don't know. It's still kind of like under development. I think it's uh, considered open beta right now. 
but I really, really like what they've got so far. I think like the bones of the mechanics that they have there are really cool. And I hope that, you know, they're able to, it's being developed by, I think just one guy, like it's totally just a passion project to make something cool. And I've never seen a, the, like I said, the closest thing I've seen to it before is Tori Bash. I haven't seen anything like that in 2D before. So super cool. And then you get to watch the animation in real time at the end. And that part's the coolest part, obviously. I, I, I do hear that Tally the Online is full of a bunch... Because it can take a while. Um, it, it can take like half an hour for a game. Yeah. Um, that sadly, the Online, there are a lot of rage quitters. Well, that's no that's what Private Match is for. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. no surprise. That's like... Yeah... You're going to get that in any kind of, like, what is fundamentally a slow-paced competitive game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Unless you punish people, like, by making a, a rank system that, like, lowers their rank for quitting early, then people are just going to quit. It's like that with any competitive game, really. Anyway, that's my nomination for Best Fighting Game. So, moving from the, uh, the slower side of things, um, my nomination is DNF Duel which is fantastic. Um, this game is... Uh, it, it's very... It's easy to learn, hard to master. Um, it actually... It's got Smash inputs for uh, the special moves, so... Like like holding? No, like, uh, or... like holding directions and the uh, special button. Okay. okay. Um, so, like... Because some people struggle with the the motions of fighting games. Me. <laughs> yeah, I'm not very good at a lot of them. Um, and, yeah, no, it's just, it, it's so fun. It, it's based on a DFO, which is really popular in Japan, or uh, Korea. And uh, all, all the characters are just based on, like, the, the characters aren't named. They're named after the classes in DFO. Um, so you've got, like, Striker, which is, uh, she's just a, a brawler, um, gets in there real quick. Um, got, uh, Dragon Knight, um, Hitman, who I've settled on, who I just, I affectionately refer to as Guns the Duel Man. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's got a duster jacket, a katana, and dual Uzis. Yep. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> That's comes the duel, man. Mm -hmm. But it, when you watch a high-level play of this game, it's ridiculous. Um, but even at lower level, it, it's just it's so fun to play. Um, yeah, and very easy to pick up. Mm -hmm. But both games, I'm like, shit, I haven't played yet. <laughs> and, and and it also we recently get together and play some man. It recently just got a uh, an up a yeah an update that buffed everyone. My, the the best kind of update. It's the yeah, best balance patch. Just only only buffs. Buffs only. I mean, I'm I'm not gonna lie. Like Yummy Hustle, I like what I've seen. It's still very much like an early beta kind of game. There's not actually a lot there. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, and hearing, like, you know, how matches can maybe take up to 30 minutes, that's a bit much. Yeah. yeah. It's... There, there, 
it's a it's a really really awesome idea that maybe could you just use some more polishing yeah and i mean it's not i mean it's still under active development it's in it is in no way a released game i think the developers planning on planning on releasing it on steam eventually but right now it's just available on itch <laughs> so uh it's it's like yeah I, I think we can give it the dnf duel all right <laughs> Did not finish duel. <laughs> <laughs> Did not finish duel versus uh, not finished game. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. So next we've got the biggest bummer. What game did? What game just sucked the energy out of the room for each of us? Like whether it's the worst game we played or just the biggest disappointment, just something that just a bummer, man. Okay, so I like I, my my biggest bummer was a bit of a throwback bummer. I tried playing Mega Man Legends again uh, at one <laughs> point this year, and holy shit, that game did not age well. I it would I remember it being a lot better than it is, to be honest. The controls in particular are absolute trash. Calling them tank controls is a disservice to tanks. <laughs> <laughs> the the game is the game. Ah, oh, no. I really... Mega Man Legends was one of those games that, like, when I first played it, when it came out, I really liked it, but only rented it and never actually finished it. Mm-hmm. And I've always wanted to go back and finish it, and then I, I started, and I just got so fucking pissed off at the bad controls and the stupid scripting that didn't work properly <laughs> and just the annoying bullshit. And I'm like, ugh. And you even played it, you know, with some enhanced graphic enhancements. It yeah. looked too. beautiful. Yeah, I played it. Yeah, and I, I yeah, I had it the, looked much better than I, it used. I had to. the PSX emulator like making it look as good as like a modern era low poly, like intentional low poly style game. Like I think aesthetically the game's actually great, um, but no, the controls are a, a disaster. I hated it. I really wanted to go back and like enjoy that game again and finish it, and I don't think I can. The controls are are too frustrating to me. Um, and then, yeah, my other <laughs> more of a throwback, not not my not throwback uh, biggest bummer was uh, a game called The Ascent. I think I talked about this on the uh, podcast a little bit. And I I, hmm, I don't know if you did or not. I don't maybe I your... didn't because I was probably gonna talk about it after i had finished it but i did not continue playing that game and i won't continue playing that game really it bummed you out that hard yeah yeah like so it's a twin stick it's a twin stick sort of rpg shooter okay that's all right um that sounds like it could be interesting um and it's got co-op and so i'm like okay cool i I love i'm always on the lookout for a good co-op game right but it it's kind of annoying because like Aesthetically, the game's actually surprisingly nice. Um, like, there are some really beautiful... There's, like, a really beautiful overworld city area that, honestly, like, wouldn't be out of place in, like, Cyberpunk 2077, almost. Like, maybe it doesn't have as many reflections, but in terms of, like, the like the detail of, like, you know, all the, like, random people with their various weird conversations in the background and, like, silly titles of... Uh, you know, silly titled bars and businesses with like crazy neon splashed, neon soaked, like fucking stuff. Like 
the the game looks good and the atmosphere is like pretty good but the gameplay itself just isn't good and uh-huh. the rpg system needs work and especially like the equipment was like really just not good yeah it was, I'm, it was, I'm, it was, I'm, it was a janky upgrade system i'm looking at the, some screenshots here and it does look really nice yeah the game looks actually really nice um but yeah i was hoping for like kind of a nice fun co-op game uh and yeah i just mechanically the game just kind of annoyed me it wasn't very good and the gameplay felt kind of repetitive and samey so it just wasn't fun to play like it seemed to have great looking um great graphics and like good art direction and like even the voiceovers were like not amazing but like solid voiceover and so i'm like okay okay yeah but the but yeah the gameplay itself was just bad so kind of a kind of a kind of annoying i guess in that sense like it feels like it could have been a much better game than it is if they had polished the core gameplay but that's always like the death knell for a game if you didn't get the core gameplay right, it doesn't matter what else you did well. If it's just frustrating to play, like, fuck it. Mm-hmm. I can agree with you there. So, so. my biggest bummer... I, I actually enjoyed the game, but there was an aspect to it that just... I, I really didn't uh, enjoy. And that's um, Quantum Break. Okay. Um... Like I, I, it's 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 a real run of the mill cover shooter, but you've got time based uh, abilities, um, and I, I like what it does with like actually casting real actors and having the model in game, and then between each act in the game, you get like a full twenty two, twenty three minute live action episode. Um, it, it's really unique, and I like that. But at the end of each act, it gives you this... It, it sets it up as being, like, some big choice to make. Um, but all it does is it just, like, alters things slightly. It doesn't do anything major. And mm-hmm. <laughs> and the game just ends up in one ending. There's only one ending. Like, if those choices actually mattered to make it go out into branching paths and have like an actual actual different endings i think that would have been better and that kind of bummed yeah. me out on the game a bit yeah but then they would have had to shoot more tv episodes <laughs> <laughs> probably there are some alternate scenes or something yeah that 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 is a that's a pretty big bummer for sure uh okay so my biggest bummer it's not going to be the city final fantasy to see nt it's not going to be that particular PSP Final Fantasy game that got basically just like gussied up for new platforms. It's Ever Guys? No, it's that's gotta be a different <laughs> Final Fantasy game that they released originally on the PSP that they gussied up for new platforms. <laughs> oh my god. It's gonna be Final Fantasy Type Zero HD. This mm. game sucks. This game sucks so bad. I like, just the name alone, I'm just like, that's a bad name. It's not great. Doesn't this game tie into the 13 universe? It's in the Fabula Crystal Nova Crystal, whatever universe or whatever the hell that thing is. But it doesn't feel like it at all uh, from mm. the little that I played. I bounced off this game so fast. Be- so there's two reasons why this is the biggest bummer for me. One is the gameplay, like. The Final, Final Fantasy team should not be making action games. They really shouldn't. <laughs> they need to farm this stuff out more. 
because it just didn't play well. Like, I lost multiple times in, like, the first couple levels just because the dodging was so janky that I couldn't do it properly. As well, um, you have to, like, loot corpses for rewards, but the rewards go away quite quickly. Oh. So you can't just, like, focus on uh, on clearing out the enemies and then go grab the stuff. You have to, you know, focus on going to grab the rewards and everything. And it's not like something like, you know, in maybe, I don't know, Fable, like the orbs or whatever. It has, you have a pretty decent radius on collecting those yeah. things. You've got to get right up on them and point your camera at them mm. to get the uh, extra loot. I, I'm wondering if too many, like, too much stuff on screen maybe causes the performance to tank and that's yeah, why they're making it disappear. yeah but this is a ps4 game not a psp game yeah. uh and the other reason is that the balls on them the audacity on them to slap hd on the end of this game <laughs> is so blatant all right the the in-game combat it's a little bit higher res but it's definitely pretty muddy it's it's not uh, that it's not quite hd there the cutscenes, on the other hand, look like they took the PSP cutscenes and blew them up. Oh, no. <laughs> they look atrocious. And it, it blew me away. It's like, oh, my God. Of all the things you could have put on this to say this is a re- re-release of this game, oh, man. you See, put HD and did fuck all to it, except give it a proper camera. <laughs> this, sound, this sounds like a YouTube video, like, using AI to upscale the shitty PSP cutscenes to do they, better than fucking... I, I, to do I'd, better I'd than like actual to see some, game devs. I'd like to see some AI upscale on those cutscenes to see what they could look like, because they're so bad. Ugh. And this is coming from, you know, freaking Square Enix. They have some of the best pre-rendered cutscenes in the game industry, in my opinion. And I mean, they've for, been doing it for so long. Yeah. <laughs> They're too focused on NFTs. That's why. <sighs> what? Don't Are... get me started. Do not get me started. Okay. <laughs> that was, if, if if I want biggest bummer to extend outside of actual <laughs> games, then yeah, you know the fucking NFT. Where Enix tripling down on NFTs. Yeah. <sighs> but yeah, so. Man, they the call only, it Type the Zero. The only, I give it a zero out the, of ten. The only time I want to see like type anything in a game title is if it's a if it's a shmup and it's mm. like Type R. <laughs> well, or like R type, R type, <laughs> right? Or, yeah. or or like or if you're trying to make a shmup and you put type in the name because you're clearly evoking that, I'm like okay, yeah, I'm okay with that. that. Otherwise, it just sounds like this just sounds dumb. Oh, also, it also it stars a fucking Combat Academy kids. I hate that aesthetic so bad. Mm. HD stands for herder. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't know. uh, Are we voting on what the biggest bummer is? Yeah. This isn't the best of these. This is going to be the worst. I'm tempted to vote for Mega Man Legends. (laughs) (laughs) I'm tempted to vote for The Ascent just because it's how great that game looks i know it looks it looks <laughs> you know, way better than hmm. it plays yeah yeah like the the failed potential there is a good argument yeah, yeah. like it it i i was actually really surprised because they clearly spent a lot of of money and time and effort in making the it, like on the art assets yeah not like the visual art the design and the uh and the voiceover and just like 
like like I said, like that city area, you know, there weren't like copy pasted stores or anything. It was like it was like a fairly it was a surprisingly yeah. large cyberpunk style city where like every single storefront business is different. Yeah. And I'm like they they someone spent a lot of time uh on the environments in that game and but the but the game sucks. Yeah, one of the screenshots I saw, it's just in the background you see like all these different neon signs for all these different stores and it just that looked great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah do, I mean, do you know who the developer was for this? Um, I'm going to have to check cuz yeah, it must have it, it has to have been a fairly a surprisingly large budget game. They pushed it fairly hard on Game Pass. And I know they Microsoft showed this during at least one E3 press conference. Well, E3 press conference for for whatever um, E3 happened. Yeah, so okay, it was developed by uh Neon Giant, Swedish indie studio, 12 people, but this was apparently their debut game. Yeah, I, I don't see anything else wow. from the month Steam. Well, I mean, that's well, if they get a couple gameplay people in there, maybe their next game will yeah. be, be sick, but keep that art style that get, Yeah, get they, some they, good they, clear, they clearly got some good artists yeah. over there. Okay, I, I, I'm feeling good about the Ascent. Well, I'm feeling bad about the Ascent. You're feeling bad about it? <laughs> yeah. Feeling good about feeling bad about the Ascent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's, yeah, sure. Yeah, and I think, yeah, that's a good way to put it. It's just, it's just it could be a lot more than it is. Mm-hmm. All right, now we've got the big one, the GUI, the game of our year. This is going to be horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I know me and Matt have been waffling on our choices up until p- still now for me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, th- I think I've. Uh, I almost want to nominate like a few games for this, but I, on the other hand, like make it harder to vote. <laughs> might make it easier, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> or I could just go out there and slam down a game, put my ever behind it. Uh, Alex, do you are you like pretty solid on your game? Of the year? I mean, <laughs> or are you also like kind of like if I'm being you know, honest? Uh, if I'm being honest, I'm actually really solid about my the game of my year, mm-hmm. and that was the game of our year last year, Outer Wilds. Damn it! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and like, I'm really. I'm, I'm, See, I'm kind of like... Even I want to disqualify, and not even because I like <laughs> didn't like that game so much, but we can't give it to the same game two I know, years in a row. I know, we can't give <laughs> yeah, it to the same no. game two years in a row, but I fucking loved Outer Honorable Wilds. Honorable mention, sure. Outer Wilds is a great, great game. There's a reason that people are still talking about Outer Wilds today, even though the game was from, like, 2018? 19. 19? 2019? Anyway. I still need to play the DLC. I also, yeah, I bought the DLC, so I, and I have not touched the DLC yet, but yeah, it's a great, it's a great game. Maybe the DLC can win next year. Maybe the <laughs> DLC can win next year. Yeah, if I had to uh, nominate a second game, I would nominate uh, 20 Minutes Till Dawn. Okay, good. <laughs> That's that, one of the ones that was in very close contention for me. Yeah, because that that it's just so tightly it's just got such a tight game loop. Mm-hmm. And we talked about it, it looks very good. Um but like it, it's very focused, I think. 
Like, and not just from the development perspective, but like what it like makes you do in terms of like choosing your upgrades. There's a lot of games that have like pro progression where, eh, you know, any individual upgrade maybe doesn't matter that much. And, mm -hmm. you know, you can make some bad choices and it doesn't really matter. 20 minutes till dawn, every upgrade basically matters. And like, and unless you're at the point where your build's just popping off so hard that you're going to win no matter what. Yeah. And then the last few don't really matter. But until you get to that point, like make or break a single, a single bad pick or questionable pick um, can be the end of your run. And I just, I like that a lot. You know, a, a lot of other games where it's like, oh yeah, it's like plus 5% fire rate. And I'm kind of like, eh. And that's like a good upgrade. And, and But is it though? Every upgrade in 20 Minutes Till Dawn like is a noticeable difference mm -hmm. to your to your play. One thing that I've been especially impressed with with 20 Minutes Till Dawn is that, you know, it's an early access game. I haven't really followed many or any games through its early access development. This is like the first one that I have. But the changes... Not even like the stuff they're adding, the changes they're making to existing stuff makes total sense. Like, you know, I put, what, 40 hours into the game. Uh, I, I really, like, hammered down and, like, knew all the upgrades and what they were doing, which ones were way overpowered, that, to the point where I said, this is, like, a problem that they're so overpowered. And then the next patch, they got nerfed, and stuff that I wanted to get buffed got buffed. Like, it yeah. feels like they're making the developer behind it is making very good decisions on uh how they want the balance of that game to go and speak and as well some of the stuff that they've added has been pretty nice as well like yeah the, the other maps that they have added the characters have been interesting so well, there's far. new maps yes yeah and, it's been a while since i last touched it <laughs> yeah and the maps are kind of the maps are kind of cool because they they basically add different uh, restrictions to the environment. Like the base environment is a, is a more or less infinite plane in every direction. Um, one of the maps restricts you vertically so that, you know, you're actually, there's like two walls, but you can still, I think, go infinitely to the left and right. Mm. Um, so now you're playing, now the play field is like kind of like a, a line with some width. Um, and then there's another one that's a straight up just arena where you are now stuck in this arena. And it's fairly simple, but those change the way that you play it a lot. And especially some of the some of the bosses are quite a bit different in those. Yeah, there's uh, different bosses, different enemies. Yeah. Yeah, and there's some different enemies in some of the other maps too, so yeah, I think that's an excellent pick. Yep. And is a weight off my shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> that, that that was literally like one of the three that i was very very close to picking yeah the other thing is like you know 20 minutes till dawn it came out we all and like like four or five of us are just like like getting on discord and then like yeah you gotta buy this game yeah it's super cheap let's all start streaming it at the same we're time we're all streaming it yeah well and then we were all and then we, we were basically all... had four players split screen 20 minutes going on <laughs> yeah and then we were all playing it and we kept doing yeah. doing that and that was like such a, and that was such a great experience because we were all you know discovering uh everything you know simultaneously and being able to say like you know oh i like this or this is really really good or oh i've got this six summon run going i've got the i got the dragon really early yeah 
and stuff. So like, yeah, it was it was a really, really fresh. Yeah, but like you know, there's not a lot of games where I'm like, yeah, the gameplay is basically perfect. Like mechanically, the game is excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, it it's it is absolutely nailed the game the game loop, like really really well. So. Yeah, that's and that's that's really one of the most important things when it comes down to it. Mm-hmm. And unlike other uh, roguelikes, rogue roguelites, it's y- roguelite ish. Yeah, you know exactly how long a run will potentially take. Yeah, it's twenty minutes. <laughs> if you want a quick play, you can do ten minutes. Yeah, and then you die early, and you're like, oh, I can do another run. Yeah, or you play endless and play for two and a half hours, like I did one time. <laughs> Turns out percentage-based damage is really good. <laughs> well, I think Endless was a bit busted when they first released I it I think as it's well. still busted. Yeah, probably. So does Endless, they, had to make, they had to make some choices. Does Endless let you take upgrades you already have again? Yes, you can take up okay. to three of the same upgrade. Okay, yeah. And then uh, I was playing as uh, Shauna, so I also, and you are also able to get three of each character's individual perks. So I got specialization as well, <laughs> which you know gives you three of your next upgrades. So I was stacking some stuff. I stacked um, like max HP a lot and healing. I just tried to make myself invincible, but the enemies got too powerful. Oh, but yeah, yeah, a lot, a lot of great stuff in that game, which is good because you nominated that. That now I can nominate uh, World of Final Fantasy <laughs> for my game of the year, <laughs> and I, I, I was. The only reason I'm he- I was hesitant about this one really is just because it's the most recent game I played. So I'm like, oh, recently bias exists, but then I think about it, it's like, no, this game rules. Like it, I I thought I was gonna be sick of creature collecting after playing through Pokemon Shield, <laughs> then playing most of the way through a Pokemon Nuzlocke run, then playing through all of like you know 100 hours or whatever into Pokemon Scarlet too. <laughs> <laughs> so like that was a lot of Pokemon in a condensed period of time, but I still decided to try this game out and I've been having a blast with it so far. The tone of it is fantastic because it takes itself with zero seriousness for most of the game. The characters like one uh your two main characters one of them is too stupid to live. Oh. Embodies that trope. Oh, good. <laughs> okay. uh, and the other one, you know, plays the straight, plays the uh, the straight character, but also has their own little, you know, quirks that are very charming, very fun. Uh, all the little Final Fantasy, you know, monsters that you fought through uh, throughout like so many games. You're you know fighting and collecting the uh, stack mechanic of stacking the monsters you know in these totem poles is really really interesting because they you know combine their you know stats they combine their elemental weaknesses uh ailment affinity as well as um if multiple in your stack have like a fire spell then you can use you know if two of them have fire then you can cast fire or fireaga so uh, so like doubling down on elements can give you you know stronger of that element, but then probably make you weaker to other elements. So you can choose whether you want to you know, put all your eggs in one basket, diversify, whatever. As well, um, getting attacked over and over again will cause your stack to start wobbling <laughs> and eventually cause it to topple over. Okay, that's cool. Uh, and then you have your three characters on the field at the same time. But because, you know, when they're in a stack, all their stats combine 
uh, they're a lot more powerful in the stack. But when they're individual, like you're you're never gonna have better DP. You're usually not gonna have better DPS individually, but uh, that means that you can you know you can use items with each of them individually. You're also not not going. It seems like you're gonna get more turns, but they're it's an active time system, so their turns come up less often uh, right. when they're unstacked. And you can unstack manually and stack up if you want to. Uh, so that adds a really interesting dynamic to the combat. Enemies are also sometimes alone, sometimes in stacks. So you have different attacks that like uh, are more focused on doing stack damage to your opponents to kind of like split them up and try and take them out while they're knocked around. Uh, and it's the game because you know you're interacting with all these different Final Fantasy monsters. You're also interacting with all these different Final Fantasy locations of protagonists. They bring out a lot of the old stuff. So it's completely fan service game and i'm all i'm all in for it is is there any point where the stack puts on a trench coat no uh in terms of like fun stuff that they do with the stacks uh, a lot of the npcs are just have something on their head like whether it be a <laughs> pot or an, like an apple or a fish flopping around on there uh unfortunately all like the all the npcs and the uh like Final Fantasy protagonists that you meet throughout the game look like Funko Pops. Ugh. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> this was I, that one. I'm pretty sure it's not like intent. Well, okay, it's entirely intentional. I don't think it's branded. <laughs> is what I'm trying to say here. Uh, so I can't kind of can't shake that a little bit. But I'm not a fan of Funko Pops. I, I uh, some of them look okay. Some of them do, but some a lot but, look very samey. Yeah, but so many of them just look the exact same. Yeah. I mean that pretty much they're all, the same molds. Okay, yeah, like every humanoid Funko Pop, I'm not in for that. Some of the like uh, non-humanoid ones look okay. The Godzilla one looks pretty cute. Hmm. Uh, the voice acting is really good. They got a lot of of the protagonists that have been voice acted in the past. They got the same voice actors back. It's always good. So I mean, you know, we got we got Troy Baker in there voicing Snow. We got uh, we got James Ronald Taylor in there voicing Titus, and it really just goes to show that Final Fantasy X the voice acting was bad because of voice direction. Yeah, like there, I I never thought I'd say this, but the most annoying Final Fantasy protagonist is not annoying in this game just because he has better, actually good voice direction in this game. They even make fun. Of the voice direction of Final Fantasy X at one point. Wow. <laughs> uh, do, do you know the laughing scene? I oh, yeah. know the meme. <laughs> Ten's one of the few I've played. I know yeah. this. <laughs> well, one, there's one location that's from Final Fantasy X, and when you get there, one of the characters is like, oh, the air here is so fresh. It just makes me want to laugh. And he fucking does his best impression of the fucking ha 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 Titus laugh from that game. And then ten minutes later, you meet Titus. <laughs> wow <laughs> and is actually voice acted well so they put a lot of effort into this game to make it just like a fantastic game for Final Fantasy fans so I'm in for that and okay the best part about it uh, so far has been the big bad of the game not necessarily because of his actions his design or anything like that but his voice actor because his voice actor is Tony Amendola who you probably only know as Master Braytac from our Stargate SG-1. Oh, what? And he does a very good villain voice. Okay. It's really good. I can see that. I what? I can imagine that. Okay. He's, apparently, he's done some voices in some games. He's done a few for, like, uh, World of Warcraft and a few uh, others that I'm forgetting at this very moment. He was also in the Castlevania Netflix series. 
Oh, oh was he? Oh, wait, wait, who did he play in that one? Uh, wait, was he I the think bishop? He was, I think he was just the elder, maybe? It was a very nondescript... It, would make, it wasn't a, okay, it wasn't it wasn't a character a, name. It wasn't a big role. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But, you know. Yeah. All right. Cool. Um, so... Love some Stargate. So, just... <laughs> I'm just thinking about this trench coat, and I'm just like, there's no, there's no. St- if you stack the black mages, do you get like a black mage with a really long robe? <laughs> no, that would be funny. You can have a little black mage on on top of your head, though. Very cute. Yeah. All right. So mine came down to two games, and they're the first two games in a series. Oh god damn it! <laughs> um, Resident Evil One or Two were my choices, um, and I think I've settled on. One. <sighs> um, specifically, uh, Resident Evil HD, which is an HD port of the GameCube version of Resident Evil. <laughs> um, but how many Jill sandwiches does it have? Uh, none, sadly. None that I found. I think that's only in the original. Were you able to become the master of unlocking? <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I know about Resident Evil are the memes, man. The memes, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the first couple were... And the really, uh, really good, bad live-action intro to that game. <laughs> uh, but prior to this year, my only experience with Resident Evil, outside of the memes, um, had been watching all but the last Resident Evil movie. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Mila Jovovich is finest work. <laughs> um, but... I was not expecting uh, Resident Evil to hook me the way it did. Because I, I only got into it because there was a fantastic deal on Humble Bundle, which was like <laughs> 40 bucks for Resident Evil 0 through 7, plus Revelations 1 and 2, and a 50% off coupon for uh, 8. Which I didn't use. I let the coupon expire because I fear by the time I get up to it, I can get cheaper than 50% off anyways. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Especially since the gold edition's out now with the uh, DLC. But yeah, being my first uh, venture into the survival horror genre, I was not expecting it to hook me the way it did. Um, I did both. I I played through both as. uh, I I played as Jill first, and then I, I was plodding along, and then at some point it just. it just clicked, and I was just hooked. Um, so pretty much as soon as I finished, I, uh, did the Chris playthrough and I actually got the both, the best ending on both playthroughs first try without looking every, anything up. <laughs> All right. Um, and I mean, now I've, I'm on Resident Evil 2 and the, the, the recent remake, um, which is also really good. Um, and I'm currently on my fourth playthrough. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Um, mostly because, well, you've got the Leon and the Claire playthroughs, but then completing the first time you unlock their second playthroughs, which have the true ending. But I think I think after this, uh, <laughs> I, I don't think there's many more that'll rely <laughs> require multiple playthroughs. But yeah. um, no, I, I have been enjoying Resident Evil 2 a lot as well. Um, it, it took a lot longer for me to... For this one to click with me. But once it did, I pretty much finished my first playthrough and then just went right through two more. But no, the, the first Resident Evil, though, uh, or well, Resident Evil HD, uh, 
the game looks great um, because of those the beautiful pre-rendered backgrounds they used. Uh, and the fixed camera angles didn't bother me as much as I thought it would. Uh, mostly because this version allows you to turn off tank controls. Yep. Uh, <laughs> who thought people should drive like tanks? <laughs> um, now, there is actually one Resident Evil game. When I get to it, I will have to play with tank controls because there is no other option. Oh, yeah? Um, because uh, at one point last year, I bought a 360 game. <laughs> oh, um, wow. Because Code Veronica X went on sale for like five bucks. Just a couple days after I was looking at the $20 price tag on and I was like, wait, I should see if this game has alternatives to tank controls. And then when I found that there were no alternatives, I'm like, no, $20 is too steep for that. <laughs> but then it went on sale a couple days later. And it's like $5 is right. <laughs> oh. oh my God. But I'm saving that for the for like the end of playing through everything else because I'm not going to... I'm not going to get hung up on something because I'm trying to do tank controls. The airship in World of Final Fantasy has tank controls. <laughs> it's an airship, you, though. At least you, that kind of makes sense. You literally, you literally never have to use it. You can just select places from a map instead. But well, I, it's got tank controls. Like, uh, apparently, oh. Resident Evil 4 is also tank controls, but it's not as bad because it's an over-the-shoulder view. Mm -hmm. You're not in fixed camera. It's not fixed camera. So it's a lot more manageable. But when it's fixed camera like that, it's just oh, it's, no. <laughs> yeah, it's like whenever you change like environments, like change screens, yeah. like who knows which way you're facing. You might just go back the way you came if you're like, not careful. If, if, if I'm holding a direction on the, on the stick with tank controls off and the camera switches, if as long as I keep holding that direction, I'm still going to keep moving forward until I release. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah. The only Resident Evil game I've really played a lot of, and in fact I beat it and finished it, was Resident Evil 5, and it was it was just okay. The game was like just good enough that I didn't stop playing it until I beat it, but it wasn't really that good. Yeah. I, I feel like, uh, I, I don't know how 6 is, but I feel like 5 and 6 are kind of going to be like a little think, bit of a... Yeah, I heard 6 wasn't much better. I've heard 6 was quite bad, and 5 is an action game. Yeah, Five's I, not even... Well, it's a pretty slow action game, though. For Resident Evil standards. But yes, yeah. it is. A, but yes, it's it's not survival horror. I've never considered any of the Resident Evil games to be survival horror, though I haven't really played them that much, so I don't know. Well, I mean, it, it depends. Like, how campy do you allow your survival horror game to still thing. be called yeah, survival that's horror? The thing. <laughs> it, it, like, this, they're super campy. Like, so that just doesn't seem like survival horror to me. Well, horror, a lot of horror movies are super campy. Mm, so I, I think it's fine. Yeah, okay, yeah. That's a, that's, a, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, no, like Resident Evil, it, it, it doesn't take itself too seriously. Like, no. What I know of 5 is there's a scene where Chris just starts punching a rock. Like a huge boulder to just get it out of the way. Oh and then God. there's a boss fight in 8. Because I've seen, I, I have seen a lot of 8 from watching a friend play it. Um, and there's a callback to that in a boss fight in eight where, where the boss is just like, I'm going to kill you and that boulder punching asshole. <laughs> wow. Okay. That's awesome. They know. Well, the most experience I've had with the Resident Evil game is getting bodied by Wesker and Marvel vs. Capcom 3. So. <laughs> 
Oh man, I love Wesker's theme in Marvel Three. It's, it's really nice. That's the one good thing about being bodied by him is you get, <laughs> is you get your ass beat to a good soundtrack. All right, so in terms of what wins here. I think we know what wins just because it's the game we all played. <laughs> and I'm fine with that. Yeah. Yeah. I am, I am too. Um, 20 minutes. Chosen instantly. Though yeah. I do like what I'm hearing about World of Final Fantasy. It's quite good. Um, uh, aside from the loops you had to get through to get to run. <laughs> that's Yeah, Square Enix's Steam ports are bad. Basically, uh, to get the DLC to work, I had to change an INI file. And I, you also only start it via right-clicking the executable and running it as administrator. One other thing I forgot to mention is that because of the modification to the INI file, it basically puts Steam in a perpetual state of thinking the game needs to be updated, but not having the permissions oh, to be no. able to update it. Mm. And actually, um, what if the game actually gets an update? It's old. Oh. Okay, then. <laughs> actually, You're thinking fine. about it, Seven Remake also runs better if you, uh, through like Steam or uh, Epic, because I have it on Epic. If you go into the, um, what, what's the option that allows you to add lines of text to like modify how it runs oh, in Steam? Like the command line arguments? Command line yeah. flags? Um, so oh God, for, wait, for Final Fantasy Seven Remake, um, make it run in DirectX 11 instead of 12. <laughs> Oh, fun. <laughs> Interesting. Hey, I, I remember adding command line arguments to Battlefield 2142 to skip the intro. All right. That's, that's Good time. That's legit. <laughs> Fucking unskippable intro. Why would you ever? Why would you ever do that? All right. So we're good with 20 minutes till dawn as the game of our year 2022 for three levels deep. And let's just go over the other award awards that we uh, went over today. Because, well, Coolest Looking Game was also 20 Minutes Till Dawn. Yeah. Uh, with Alien Isolation and Warhammer 40k Dark Tide being the uh, the dark horses of that uh, <laughs> uh, award there. Uh, next, the Lo-Fi Award for Games to Chill and Relax to. We had Cats Organized Neatly, Save Room, and then Shotgun King, the final checkmate, as the winner. He just took that shotgun and... Just got rid of the competition. Yeah, it was indeed the final checkmate. Mm -hmm. uh, best fighting game uh, was Yomi Hustle and DNF Duel, with DNF Duel being the superior acronym. Uh, <laughs> biggest bummer: uh, we had Mega Man Legends, Quantum Break, Final Fantasy Type Zero HD, with the Ascent taking it. Good on ya for that. For that. <laughs> And, of course, the game of our year with World of Final Fantasy and Resident Evil 1 HD remake. Resident Evil HD. <laughs> Resident Evil HD, all right. Uh, being the... How many times has it been re-released? I mean, they remade Not it for as... the GameCube and then they re-released the and GameCube version. They did an HD up, up Not, not as many one. as real, uh, Resident Evil 4. At yeah. this point, yeah. They, and, uh, and if they now, point to VR, they might be tied. And now oh, this God. year... Resident Evil 4 gets its remake. Yep. Not another port, huh. but an actual remake. Oh, man. <laughs> oh boy. But I'm probably going to try playing those back-to-back. -back. Yeah, <laughs> that's a lot of Resident Evil, but don't let that distract you from the 2022 game of our year, the GUI, 20 minutes till dawn. That's right, we picked a game that's not even freaking finished. <laughs> <laughs>
Okay, well, uh, I hope you enjoyed this trip down, I guess, our memory lanes. <laughs> Not necessarily the years, because again, these were the games that we played this year and defined our year. So we thought that we'd share that and why they're so great and why you should play them too, with a few exceptions. Uh, thanks for listening and tune in for the rest of 2023. E. E. Man, I didn't talk about Noida at all.